Do you see how I only sweat from one arm? That's not sweat. No, 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 no. Okay, so, well, this is pumpkin spice latte. Right. This is the Did you the spill water. on your arm? Yeah, I spilled it somehow on my arm. I didn't realize pumpkin spice latte was that orange. I don't even want to think about it. I didn't know the color of it because I keep the cap on. Is this, the, I'm a, this is a Starbs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've gotten really into the pumpkin spice this year. I used to be one of those girls who was like, a pumpkin spice latte? I'm not one of those girls. Right, But right. I'd never had one. And now I'm like, you know, it's my feminist agenda. I'm not a big, do you do iced or hot? I do hot. I don't like I, any ice drink, really. I'm a big ice person, but my, some, my like little hack, if I want a sweet treat from Starbucks, mm -hmm. the Starbucks coconut milk, like their coconut milk yeah. is so delicious is it like a milky or water? it's like in the same as like an almond milk or like it's not coconut water it's coconut milk okay but it's like you can order like almond milk or soy milk it's like one of their alternative milks but that shit steamed like a big coconut milk latte it's like a dessert it's like coconutty and sweet it's oh i'll try that in like the winter if it's like so because i i drink ice most most of the year but like yeah. if sometimes if i want like a warm treat the starbucks coconut milk latte is like next level i really I, you know how I feel about any kind of alternative milk. Like, I just I just don't believe in it. I don't drink it out of spite. I don't like it. I, I refuse to, like, join the, Do you, the revolution so, <laughs> of soy. I drink them all, but not because I don't like regular milk, because I, sometimes, I, I like the taste of all of them, and sometimes in a different mood. Like, I like the taste of soy milk. Yeah, I like don't... Like, soy milk and, like, certain cereals taste better with soy milk than regular milk. Oh, no, I could never. I could never be that. I could never be you. Okay. I got really mad. I had a barista. I went in and I was like, you know, they assume now at this point, it's yeah. crazy how the tide has turned on against cow's milk. They assume that you just want almond milk. Oh, they're never touching. I mean, a Brooklyn barista is touching the real milk like twice a day. It's crazy. And I say, I want normal milk. And this and woman like, goes- they're like, define normal within a parrot. You're like, enough. She goes, what's normal? Yeah, I knew she was going Bitch, to- Bitch, shut the <laughs> fuck up. I will kill you. <laughs> Welcome to Basic Training, a podcast for people that need help. Welcome. Well, and people that fucking hate, uh, well, I was going to say baristas, but that's mean. No, we Smart love Smart ass baristas like that. You know damn well what normal milk means. Wait, also, can we turn the monitor off? Sorry, I'm so annoying. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, Talia's begging for me to not There's no one in the world who would be a better fit for me than you. <laughs> like to host, to host this podcast. Like every day having to sit here and and Jake, I'm never the one who says turn the monitor off. Never not once. Because I'm always hoping that Jake will forget to say it. He never does. I know it's what's right for me. It's like when people describe like a truly good marriage. It's yeah. like that. Like the compromise and the knowing what the other person needs without them okay. having to articulate. And here's, I want to say this. I, I, was I, I want to say this now at the top of the episode, speaking of knowing what people need and saying what people need. We say this at the end of the episode all the time, but I want to say it now. At this point, thousands of people listen to this podcast. We know the numbers. We know how many people listen to this podcast. Yeah. We do not yet have thousands of reviews on Spotify <laughs> and Apple, and it is driving me fucking insane. And I, I, was, I just want to make this one pitch. I, you were so nervous. You thought I was going to say something way more intense. I thought I was, I thought you were going to go for the Middle East for no, 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 no. This is a comedy podcast. But what I'm going to say is this. There are thousands of people that listen to this podcast every week. And we yes. currently have hundreds of reviews. And I understand like it's annoying. I love you all for listening. Thank you. It's annoying us for us to ask of you anything else. However, it takes 30 seconds to go review on Apple and Spotify. And if we get 
thousands of reviews, especially if we get them quickly, it will promote the podcast on those platforms. We will get more listeners. And what does that mean for you? Better calls. The calls are already great, but the larger our listener pool is, the higher statistics we get of getting insane good calls. The hacker call, we, you know what I mean? Like we, Incredible. Those, the more listeners we get, the better calls and the better the show becomes. You, Enough. you would not so, believe the leap in quality of the calls from, from like week one, week to week one 10. to week. Yeah, no, week one to week four. Like that's actually the so minute true. we got like serious actual listeners, the calls got so much better. And now, like we do get great calls, but there we do three a week, and that's what we get. So we need in increased. terms of like calls, we're like really excited. Actually, we don't know that because we don't pick the calls. The producer does. I don't want to make but, people who are listening and calling in and not getting their calls played feel bad because like I do think we get more calls that are playable. Do you know what I'm saying? You're absolutely right, but I want more to choose from is my uh, point. I want, every episode, I want at least one hacker call. I want one, <laughs> like, I want one, like, just crazy swing. I know. And we need just, like, th so just invest in this show by just going and doing the rate and the review. It'll, You're and follow right. us on Instagram and TikTok. I know, uh, now I've asked for too much. I've asked for four things, <laughs> and that's a lot. But just do it. For the love of God, please. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Um, <sighs> I was, like, I was listening. I was walking on the way. I was, like, walking here uh -huh. on the way to the train. And I was like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to go on the ramp when I get there. I, <laughs> I, I love that we had very different, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to go on the ramp when I get there. Thoughts in our head as, <laughs> as we got on the train here today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, but wait, what was I going to say? We were talking about baristas and milk and. Oh, speaking of beverages and public places, let me tell you what I did this weekend. I went to a place in the West Village and a very gross little cockroach of a man approached me and he made a very disgusting and explicit comment to me. And his, he had a face like Brock Turner and he looked Ugh. gross. He had like one of those gross Brock Turner faces with like the weird eyes. Is he that, like your age? Yeah, my age. Didn't blink. It was just gross. He was a gross man. So he said, blah, 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 all of this mean stuff. Not mean, but like sexually explicit, disgusting, pickup line-ish Just like things. came up to you in a bar and started saying this? Yeah. And he goes, oh, can I get a hug? Like looking at me, like, can I please get a hug? At the end of his like- Rant? Not even a rant. It was just like, look at you, blah, 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 whatever. And so I go, yeah, sure. And I go and I give him a hug and I poured my entire drink down the back of his <laughs> shirt. <laughs> and- he goes, what the fuck? What the fuck? And I had to leave the bar. But I want everyone in that vicinity to know because a lot of people did see me pour the drink down the shirt and finish it off by like taking, <laughs> I'm proud of this one. There was still some drops left. So I took the little pick with the olives on it, put all three olives in my mouth and like pulled it out and then put the pick back in and threw the whole thing in his face while he was like freaking out about the back. So it was just a double How homicide. You, you like literally went like that? I hugged him with one hand and then had the other hand around him and then opened up his shirt and poured the drink in. <laughs> <laughs> it was really And it was fun. like a dirty martini? Filthy martini. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so shocked. And I mean, the yeah. people around me were shocked. And I think some of them recognized me from TikTok. And I want those people to know, even though you probably knowing me knew that that was a justified action. Even if it wasn't justified, I think a lot of the people around would be like, yeah, good for her. But 
that's what happened. That he is what said, happened. Like, nah, ew. Okay. He well, said something kind of nasty. Well, do you want me to open this for you? Yes, please. Would okay. you? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Um, that is so rancid. It's fine. It was very like Samantha Jones moment. I no, was I, like, I do love this. That is for it? You. I was so happy to do it. Um, it it really like brought me some peace. I was. It's interesting that that happened to you this weekend because last night I was rude to someone to their face, which the thing is I rarely do. Okay. That's not true, is it? What I don't, do you mean rude to someone to their face? Um, actually, I was rude to someone's face twice this week. I'm very rarely rude to people to their face. I don't think you're rude to anybody without justification, but if somebody's being was, annoying, okay, you have so no problem. One person I was rude to this week, not justified. Mm-hmm. I was in a bad mood. I walked up to, I was, I, okay, I, I did a stand-up show this week. I did a bunch, but there was this one stand-up show I went to go do, and I got there, like, when, sometimes when you do stand-up shows, especially when you're not doing them at a club, when they're at like a like a venue that's like not just a comedy club, like it's like a mm-hmm. bar or a nightclub, but there's like a theater, like whatever it is. Like sometimes it's like sometimes you get there, they'll be like the sh- the stand-up show starts at eight, and then you get there and they're like the poster says eight, but we're really not starting till nine fifteen. And you're like <laughs> cool. And sometimes that's fine, but they'll tell the comics beforehand. But right. Sometimes the host like doesn't occur to them like tell the comics when the show actually starts. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I get there, I realize I'm like oh, this show's, like, probably starting a little bit late. Like, they're not even set up yet, and, like, the crowd is still filtering in. So I don't want to, like, sit here. I'm going to go get a glass of wine somewhere else and, like, come back and Mm -hmm. just be in my own space. I was in, like, a... I got very sad for one night this week. I think something happened with it getting cold, like, officially getting, like, cold or, like, chilly in New York, Mm -hmm. where I got so sad for 12 hours. Like, so sad. And I had to do stand-up comedy during that 12 hours. And... Are you I, having some sort of chemical imbalance? I it might have been. I mean, like it wasn't even cold. It was astro- like astro- out. It was actually kind of wild because I did listen to my weekly astro- astrology reading after that, and it was like very synced up with that. I was supposed to be feeling sad that night, which okay. was interesting. But I think that's what I think needed it to was happen. Just maybe. like I think it was just like it was like oh, it's getting cold. Like when New York gets chilly, mm-hmm. there's something about. I guess it's like all summer. It's like hot. And I'm, like, in shorts and a tank top, and you can do whatever you want, and you can run around the city, and, like, I'm, like, I will never die, I will never get sick of this. And then it gets cold, and all of a sudden you're, like, what if I was, like, cozy in bed? And it, like, is, like, this pivot that makes me sad. (laughs) I I love that your take on New York City summer is, I will never die, I will never get sick of this. I I literally feel that way every summer. That should be our merch. Yeah, I, like, I, like, literally love New York summers so much. Like, so, so, so much. Anyway. When I sweat... At all for like as soon as I like feel the sweat forming on my forehead, I say I want to die. I am sick of this life. <laughs> I'm done. I love it so. Much. I think it's also like it's like I don't. I like that I'm single, but now that it's getting chilly, I am feeling the like. Oh, what if I had someone to like cuddle with? Thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess like it was like a little bit of that. Anyway, so I was like in a sad mood. I'm walking around the village waiting for this to go back to this show. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to sit and have like a glass of wine and like kind of and like get my set together or just like chill for a second. Sure. So I walk into this one bar and there are two seats at the bar that are open and there's nothing in front of them. So I go and I go to grab one and this girl goes, oh, sorry, we actually have two people sitting here. And here, there's there's two separate things in this conversation. I turned to her and literally, this is what I did. I went, cool. And I walked away. <laughs> Which is rude. And I saw her. I looked back and she looked at her boyfriend and she was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like clearly rude. But here's the thing. I actually fucking hate when people save seats at a bar. I think it's tacky. 
I just don't like, yeah, I don't like the saving of seats really anywhere. I just don't think if the person's it's not there, so you just can't justify school. it. It's so stupid. You can't save seats. Right. You actually can't save seats. No, you. <laughs> I actually, that's my big, you can't save seats anywhere. Sorry. <laughs> I get really pissy about seats. One time, I'm still mad about this in this house. This happened to me a couple times. You've probably never, because you're from I the West like, Coast. The way you're articulating this with the shirt that you're wearing, you're like a giant 10-year-old. Like, <laughs> you can't save seats. <laughs> yeah. Ever. This is this shirt is so picture day. It is it's so, so picture, picture day. day. Did I ever tell you about the time I wore a shirt that was like kind of this color? Like the color of a green screen, genuinely. Yeah. On picture day, uh, fourth grade. And it was also one of those shirts where I, I don't know why I did this. No, I actually, I do know why I did this. I cut the collar off so that one shoulder hung off. Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Because that's what the hot girls did. And I showed up to picture day and I now, <laughs> yeah. It's just fucked up, yeah. I was the hot girl in the fourth grade, excuse you. And I genuinely was a floating hat. Like I have a whole, <laughs> the, a page of pictures in an album of just me against the backdrop and it's from my collarbone up. That's and that's so the funny. picture. That's so funny. Anyway, go ahead. Um, what was I even saying? You were talking about rudeness and then you were talking about- Oh, saving seats. Like I used to have to take the Megabus a lot or mm -hmm. like the Peter Pan bus, like whatever it was to go back to Rhode Island. And before I like at some point was like- the actually, Peter Pan? Peter Pan, <laughs> go bus, like all the, there's a Flix bus. I've done all the buses. I love Flix. At this point, I've set a boundary with myself. I actually just don't do buses anymore. Like I do love really? myself enough that I'm paying for the train. Yeah, it's just, I can't be doing it anymore. I love, well, I've only taken them in California, but I love the fact there's like a bathroom and it's air conditioned. I love a bus. Yeah, but a train has those things and it's nicer. Well, I've, yeah, I never had the option when I was taking the yeah. bus. And also like trains don't hit traffic. Right, of course. So I would the, always anyway. rather a train. Okay, so whatever. anyway, my point is, but like this thing would happen on buses all the time, mm -hmm. which is like you'd have, you get on, the, the seats are first come, first serve usually. Yeah. And then people would get on and there would always be a family that would get on like last minute or like a mother and child. And they'd be like, hey, sorry, people need to move so that we can sit together. And oh like, my God. And I'm like, I understand that your child is two years old and it's actually not safe for them to sit with a stranger, but you should have gotten here earlier. Like- <laughs> No, counterpoint. Especially, this happens a lot on planes and in any closed space, like a train or a plane, maybe not a train that's making a lot of stops, but definitely a plane. It is safe for your kid to sit with a stranger because you're on a fucking plane. That, like, we need to establish that. The, the kid is not gonna go anywhere. And, but also it's just my whole thing is like, when people are like, hey, like, sorry, we need to sit with our kid. I'm like, did they become a kid in the past 12 hours? Like there was, there was another right. way to so solve this problem other than us, you getting on the flight. Do you know what I mean? And then like, right. and then being like, we're just gonna like make other people move for us. You know what I mean? I'll always do it. And I'll look down upon people who won't move. I used to always do it on the bus. And then I started to pretend I was asleep. I was like, the second I sit down, <laughs> until, <laughs> until seats are figured out, until seats are figured out. And then I wake up. Are you an aisle guy on a plane? Um, It depends. I Because I am, and I, cause I need to pee all the time and yeah. I refuse to wake up a sleeping person, but I will be asleep the entire flight also. So I have a really annoying fact about myself, which is that most of the times I've flown on long haul flights internationally, I have been in first class. So, because I have a friend who works for an airline. So up until recently, wow. she recently left the airline. It's actually one of the saddest things that's ever you happened Got a to girlfriend, me. big boy? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> um, but I used to be, anytime I would fly to Europe, I would fly first. Okay, money bags. For free. Babe. Okay. <laughs> 
But so I didn't really have to think about aisle or window for that. Okay. On a short flight, I don't really care. Yeah. Like three hours, I can figure it out. I guess I would probably prefer... Mm, I think I would probably prefer window. Because I would, I would rather... if On a long flight, I'd rather be able to lean against the wall than... I'd throw up. Oh. I, I'd like. I'd rather have the the cart hitting me every minute than be against someone. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I I just like the, this is fun. This is a fun conversation. (laughs) We're a little drained guys. I'm just like genuinely tired. Yes. It's been a hard week. I'm fine. I'm just like. (sighs) Should we get calls going? Yes. Okay. Let's grab the laptop. Okay. So huge news for our listeners. Did you know that you can support basic training and at the same time, eat chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals by checking out factormeals.com slash basictraining50 and using the code basictraining50 to get 50% off. Factor provides delicious, ready-to-eat meals that are designed, like I said before, by a chef. You can either throw them in the microwave or throw them in the oven. I love that because I, I don't have a microwave, which is not like a choice I made to be like cool. It just doesn't fit in my kitchen. So I was very happy to see that you could throw them in the oven as well. They have calorie smart options, protein plus options, keto options. You can change it up every week, which is something I really love. You can change your schedule if you're like going on vacation. You can pause. You can move your deliveries. It's a really flexible system. And we, they have done the math. If you sign up for Factor, it is less expensive than takeout. And every meal is, again, dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious, okay? Head to factormeals.com slash basictraining50 and use code basictraining50 to get 50% off. That's code basictraining50 at factormeals.com slash basictraining50 to get 50% off. Hey guys, huge fan of the pod. I just wanted to call in and get your guys' advice on being more social, being a little bit friendlier in the office particularly. So I'm 27. Uh, I've been at this job for two years. I mostly work from home, but you can voluntarily go into the office whenever you want. And I try to go in once a week or so just for like a change of pace. And there's sometimes like a couple people there. Not a lot of people, but there's a few people that I know who go into the office. Um, And they're all cool. Like I get along with everyone and they're mostly like in my age group. But I just feel like I'm so naturally introverted and I don't really know how to strike up a conversation with someone. Like, just walking up to someone at their desk and being like, well, how was your weekend? Like, you see the, the big game, you know, et cetera, stuff like that. Like, I hate the idea of it, to be honest. Um, also, my desk is kind of far from everyone. It's not super far away, but I'm not in the main, like, cubicle zone. I But I have a window, and I have, like, a nice monitor, so I don't want to give that up, although it definitely doesn't help that I'm, like, physically farther away from everyone. And, um, yeah, I just feel like in general, I'm trying to overcome some of my shyness and social awkwardness and, you know, whether it's at this job or anywhere else, like, I just feel like I could benefit from being a little more outgoing, going outside my comfort zone. So, uh, if you two have any advice about this in general, it would be super helpful. All right. Uh, thanks. Love your work. Bye. (laughs) Love your work. What a sweetie. Do you have anything that jumps out in terms? You should start. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like you're pulling the weight this episode, and you have to be okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's just funny. <laughs> you're so funny, and it's fine. Um. Okay. Here's the thing. You already, based on this phone call, I'm like, you're not that awkward. 
You're not. Like, you're literally not. Like, you have, like, like we get a lot of calls, and sometimes you can tell on the phone call, like, oh, yeah, this is an awkward duck. Like, this is a, this is a strange one. Yeah. You seem perfectly functional. Like, the way you spoke was, like, normal and made me feel comfortable. Also, the way you were, like, down to call into two people that you don't know and yeah. just articulate your problems. I totally get... I would say, like, I think that it's just, like, don't be afraid to, like... Like, sometimes the way to bring people in is to open yourself up a little bit. So it's, like, instead of talking about something external, like, hey, did you see the big game? Like, the next time that something happens in your life where, like, you're, like, oh, my God, I saw the craziest thing on the way to work today. Or, like, my weekend sucked. Like, sometimes talking about yourself brings other people in. I think that, like, sometimes what what makes people uncomfortable is that someone who's trying to make friends or make connections is, will is looking for, like, that external thing. So they're like, what did you do this weekend? Like, they're, like, prodding. Right. And that can feel very interrogative, and it can feel very, like, the other person's, like, on the spot. It doesn't actually feel interactive. It feels very, like, you're being kind of, like, mind. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you, like, conversation is a give and a take. So start by giving. Like, if you have a funny story to tell from your weekend, tell it at, like, at, like, like, I think it, like, work is boring. No matter where you work, it's boring, except for, like, maybe, like, in ER. Like, work is boring. So it's, like... <laughs> I'd be bored in ER. It's, like... <laughs> <laughs> come in, like, I'm, like, triage, like, yawning at me. <laughs> Sometimes I watch Grey's Anatomy, I'm, like, wow, they've been there for, like, 48 hours now. Like, go home. I, so boring. <laughs> no, but, so gray and blue in there. It's, like, yeah, so sterile. No, but, like, I... I think that, like, anyone would be welcome to you walk into their their desk and be like, can I tell you about this thing that happened this weekend? Like, give some gossip. Like, gossip brings people together. Like, I think that that is, like, a way to connect is, like, open yourself up a little bit. Be Like, obviously, you don't want to be the person who's, like, talking about themselves all the time and not listening. But I think people forget that there's it's a two-way street and you can start with yourself opening up and that will call people in. And I think that's in general. I mean, I know for me, that was how I, that was, like, the thing I learned about myself. I was like, oh, I'm good at telling stories, like, in a party setting or, like, at, like, in, like, a, at, like, a dinner table. Like, I can tell a funny story that like brings the table together and gets people interacting mm-hmm. and that's like a skill set and that can open me up and then also it's about being a good listener and asking questions and interacting right. but I think like funny stories talking about yourself giving giving a little bit of yourself to the group is a way to bring people in amen I think that if giving away yourself as a sort of offering is hard to do with a vulnerable story. Like that feels vulnerable to just come in and say something. Sure. Come in with like Krispy Kreme. Like come Wait, in with like- That was my other guess. Especially if you put it on your desk, that's the way right? people come over. You it, become like the snack corner. Exactly. It sounds so cliche and it is, but it it's cliche for a reason. And it's because it works. Like come on over and just be like, and you don't even have to say, I went out and bought this. Literally be like, oh my God, like my mom sent me all these donuts or whatever. Like somebody dropped these off at my place like for a birthday and they were left over from a party I had this weekend. And just go around with donuts or cookies. It sounds stupid, but trust me, like that's how, but you can't just go around and give them and then expect people to talk. I know many people, I've worked with many people over the years who just like baking. So they'll be like, oh, I just baked these and I don't want them all in my house or on the counter. You know what I mean? It's like throw it up on the Slack or the Microsoft team. I don't know. I've never worked on that. But you don't, you have to be near the cookies if you're going to say, come go get them. That's what I'm saying. Oh, don't leave them in the Don't leave them in the lounge. I think you put up on Slack like, hey, I made lemon bars this weekend and I can't have them all in my house. Like come get them there on my desk. And it's like, I think you walk around with them and offer them in person. I think if you if you're trying to get away from your far away desk, you have to say, 
you know, I'm going to walk disagree. around with the platter. Call them into you because then they'll come at a time when they have like a minute to get up. You're not interrupting. It's less, I think it's also less stressful to like go up and be like, hi, do you want a lemon bar? Like throw it up in like whatever the chat thing is that at the work thing. Be like, these are my desk, come get them. And then you're at the desk and people can come up and be like, hey, what's up? Okay. Do okay. You know I mean? Valid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you changed my own on that. I don't know. I've never had a real job, but I, I mean, do same. assume that like that's how the cubicle thing happens or the offices or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that you should go around. It's like you you have the social skills. You're a confident speaker. You can do this. It's hard. The only solution to shyness is like exposure therapy. Get out there. 100%. But it's a lot easier if you come with an offering. Just go around or have them on your desk. But you cannot have them come over, take the shit, and then walk away. You have to say, how are you? How's your day? And make crack a little joke. Say something about their shoes. Where did yeah. you get them? Blah, blah, blah. These are like, this is the time. Put your Practice hair your in skills. whatever you bake so they all eat a little piece of you. And then they're all stuck with you inside of you. Yes, yes. forever. <laughs> oh my God. So I. What did this bring up? <laughs> I'm listening. I The only thing I know how to make is meringue cookies. And I'm really good at them because all I did in the quarantine. The like crispy, crunchy ones? Yes. Okay. Or soft ones. I can make it however you want. I am really good at them because in quarantine, it was the only thing I like did. And I also can't do anything too complicated. And it only involves egg whites. Egg right? whites. Yeah. So I'm good at that. And I made them for Yom Kippur and brought them over for the breakfast. Was it breakfast? Yeah. I brought them over for breakfast at my cousin's. And I have a two-year-old niece. And as I bit into one of the meringues that I brought, the first one that was eaten, had a giant piece of plastic in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it landed in my mouth. Um, I think that when I poured in the sugar into the mixing bowl, a shard, like a sharp shard that had broken off from the top of the sugar plastic, like the covering. Oh, like the domino sugar it was topper? Like, it was like one of those... Um, it was a cylinder. <laughs> it was one of these, basically. Yeah. It was a cylinder, and it's. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a dude. I'm such a 12 year old boy. You have like the twist top. It looks like a giant um, salt shaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the top, I guess, was kind of broken off, and it was in like a sharp shard shape. Like it could have been bad. Could have been really bad, and it fell into the mixing bowl. And it's white, so I didn't see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I just started mixing and made the cookies. Well, God bless you. You are the one that got it. That. Well, we don't know. So at that point, we didn't, we had not yet calculated what had happened. I understand. At this point, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell if it was like a piece of one of my fake nails. I didn't know what it oh was. So I feel the sharpness in my mouth and almost die, okay. <laughs> spit it out and run, sprint to the baby, the two-year-old oh, sure. who just got, was served a giant, a giant fucking cookie. cookie. And I just, I, but I don't want to cause a panic. So I start just looking over her shoulder. I'm like, hey, let me help you. I'm like digging through it with my like, finger. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my uncle's like, what are you doing? Like, she knows how to eat the cookie. She'll be fine. It's soft enough for her. He's like afraid that I think she's going to choke on it. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm just spending quality time with my niece. Like, F off. That's so funny. And I keep watching like her every bite. I'm like, no, that no, no. Open, so open. Funny. It was very, um, it was very like, it was like an episode of Friends. It was just so kooky and like quirky. <laughs> and I'm just so cute. I'm like a little Monica, like a little chef. <laughs> I just am <laughs> I'm human and I make mistakes and it's adorable. Speaking of that, you know what I always think about when I think of Friends? What? Um, after I think about how annoying it is, I think about <sighs> the love interest with the mustache, Monica's boyfriend who was Tom older. Selleck. 
Yes, Tom Selleck. Wait, do you want to hear a really funny story? Uh, I love that man. And I love that he was friends with her parents. That is so fucking sexy. Tom Selleck is hot. Tom Selleck is hot. So salacious and sexy. Okay, tell me the story. So I did summer summer driver's ed um, instead of taking it as like a high school class. And so you do it for like there's like it's like several weeks over the summer you go like nine to five or mm-hmm. like whatever it is like you go for like hours a day and do driver's ed in like a couple weeks sure and then you have to do your driver's hours um with the with the driver's ed teacher and so it's like you and another student and because there's always like two kids in the car so you're not mm-hmm. like a kid alone in a car with a man and so there's like um me and this other kid like for like a week had to just like drive around my town in vermont with this guy but this guy's wife like works for the city like he she works she's like the secretary to like the city clerk so like she gets all of the like filings for all the permits and like all of the shit in the town so they basically had gossip on like every like so you'd be driving around he'd be like their basement flooded they're getting a divorce like he just like (laughs) knew everything and i was like you're definitely not supposed to be telling people this like this is crazy but he would just be like constantly telling people this and then there's this like gorgeous near the golf course in rutland there's this like one really beautiful house that's like up on a hill Uh uh-huh and we were driving by it and the other kid was driving. I was in the back seat and I was like, we were passing this house. We're like 15. And I just like kind of casually say, I'm like, oh, I've always really loved that house. And he goes, yeah, you know, and this is all like, I don't know if this is true, but he said this is true. He was like, he was like, you know, Michael J. Fox almost bought that house. Like he really wanted to move there. But then he tried to permit the state to allow his security guards to carry semi-automatic weapons and they wouldn't allow it. So he didn't buy the house. There's no way that Michael J. Fox needs security guards who are armed or security guards. The only thing, the only reason I could get it is because he does have Parkinson's and is very rich. Like I could see feeling like you're okay. a target for a robbery, I guess. Fine. Anyway, it, the point of the story is not whether or not that tr- that's true. But he goes, so he, he goes, they wouldn't let him his security carry semi-automatic weapons so he didn't buy the house and i was like i was like yeah that's i guess that's pretty crazy to need semi-automatic weapons and then my the driver's head teacher goes yeah i mean who does he think he is tom Selleck? (laughs) i'm sorry that that, was the punchline of this it gets better it gets better i'm not at the punchline (laughs) okay because i thought that was again a very strange thing to say so i go oh yeah because tom Selleck is so famous because it's like Tom Selleck is famous, but he's not. It, it, if he had been like, who do you think he is, Brad Pitt? Like, right. that's what it should have been. Right. So I was like, oh yeah, Tom Selleck. And then the driver's head teacher turns around and looks at me with like vitriol and is like, Tom Selleck is one of the greatest actors our nation has ever known. My wife and I watch a Tom Selleck movie every Wednesday night. And then he just turned back forward <laughs> and I was just in the back seat like. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Tom Selleck needs a restraining order. I think that guy was like <laughs> saying he's a stalker and he's the yeah, one who would shoot Tom I don't know. I would love to watch a Tom. I would like to make a Tom Selleck movie every Wednesday night. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what Tom Selleck looks like now. I don't give a fuck. Oh, he's on Blue Bloods. He's on that show. Oh, right. Oh, my God. And he's he wears a, a uniform. Okay, play the next call. I'm, like, obsessed. And the way that she was mourning him by, like, walking around in his flannels, like, that smelled like her cigars or his, like, smoking his cigars. Yeah. Oh, that's too real. He's so hot in that show. He's so fucking sexy. It drives me insane. Oh, another thing that we have to do on the show. What? The other night, my friend and I were sad, and we decided to console each other by describing in like painful agonizing detail our ideal 
partner, but like physically, like the details being like so specific <laughs> and just picking apart from head to toe oh what you want in a partner physically. And it was so fun and we have to do it. Okay. Like I'm describing like my ideal husband's toes. Like it was so <laughs> <laughs> over a fucking pastrami sandwich. It was Ew. so fun. <laughs> Where'd you get pastrami's? We went to Katz's. Nice, and so then we did it again with her ideal type at what the fuck was it called? Um, is it EJ's? It's on the Upper East Side. I don't know. We yeah. just like some Jewish place. Um, yeah, we should play that game okay. next uh, next episode. Next, we're gonna do it next call. You guys wouldn't believe how I feel about like my ideal husband's feet. Okay. okay. Hi, Sally and Jake. Um, I need help. My best friend of six years has been dating this guy for about two years. They've lived together for about a year at this point. They're pretty serious. Talk about getting married. Problem is, everyone in our friend group hates this guy. Um, he's like Walter from Sleepless in Seattle with all like the pickiness and stuff, but he's also very pretentious. Uh, basically, he's the guy that brings up his study abroad programs whenever possible. So, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, my friend is constantly inviting this guy to things that are clearly just for like the girls. For instance, oh. we'll have a girls night out and there'll be four or five of us and this guy. Um, he doesn't have his own friends. So he kind of gloms onto whatever we're doing. Um, and our husbands, they don't like him either. So it's not like we could say, hey, you know, you go out with the guys and you know, poor guy doesn't have any friends. We'll we'll take the girls. You take the guys. Like none of our husbands want to take this guy. It's like no one wants to be around him. The water wrong. Oh, take your time. Okay, hit play. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. From Vogue, The Run-Through. A new weekly podcast featuring the most riveting news in fashion and culture. With Vogue's take on the big stories. Fashion in relation to sports, culture and politics. From the red carpets and runways to political and cultural events. Bringing you undertold stories from around the globe. With voices rarely accessible and uncommonly authentic. On this season of The Run-Through, Serena Williams, Michaela Cole, Mathieu Blasé and more. The Run-Through with Vogue. I'm Chloe Mao. I'm Cho Minaldi. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. So... I don't know what to do because no one else in our friend group wants to say anything to our friend. Like, we all have a consensus that we don't like this guy, but nobody wants to actually say anything to her. I mean, we'll make subtle comments over the last couple of years about, hey, it's just for girls this time, or maybe don't invite your boyfriend. But, like, it's clearly not sinking in for her, and it's getting to the point where, like, we're all kind of tired of having to constantly say just to our only friend. She's the only one. Everyone else knows, don't invite your boyfriend, don't invite your husband to this thing. But... We always have to explicitly tell her, otherwise he'll be there, just like in the background of every photo. Um, but the other problem with this is that he's this guy's not really abusive. I mean, he's he's harmless. He's not like okay. He's just like an asshole. But yeah. you know, he seems to treat my friend well. She seems relatively happy. I mean, like if I'm 
being like particular, he is very controlling of her and she's changed a lot about herself for this guy. I mean, she's really hard to reach mm. by text and phone call nowadays. Again, it's not just me that has this problem. Everyone in our friend group agrees, but I feel like the only one who has the guts to say anything. Um, but I feel mm. like if I say something, it's like, oh, well, do you actually have a problem with him? No, I just don't like his personality. I just don't like his vibe, but he's not like a bad guy, I guess. Um, so what do I do? Can I say anything? Should I say anything? Getting to the point where I feel like I'm being kind of rude around this guy now because when he's around, I'm just like irritated by his presence. I don't want to be like that. Like, I don't want to be like a dick to him. Obviously, I don't want to hurt my friend because, like, again, he's harmless. He's just annoying. And so if I plan on being friends with her, like, you know, forever for the foreseeable future, she plans on marrying this guy or at least being with him long term for the foreseeable future, I feel like Something's got to give, but I don't know if I can say anything because it's not like I have the backing of my friends. I have a feeling if I said something, they would all just, like, stare and be like, mm, we don't agree. So, anyway, help me. What do I do? Can I even say anything? Or am I stuck suffering in silence with uh, this guy? All right, mm. thanks. Bye. Hit him with a car. <laughs> hit him with a car. <laughs> hit, him, hit him with a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of like, I don't want to, like, question. if you. I want to trust your judgment when you're saying like he's harmless he's not abusive but to me controlling sucks controlling if i see like my friend being controlled by their partner that's like deeply upsetting to me it is i do think i get what you're saying i'm going to trust and assume that because none of your friends are as impassioned about this as you it's probably not going to result in the destruction of your friends right. as a person, it might result in the destruction of your friendship, but it won't result in her harm. I really don't think so. And so for that reason, I think that you might not have enough backing. But know this, when isolating relationships occur, where so few people like being around one of the people one of the partners and it's just yeah. like, it's like this. When relationships like this happen and people kind of isolate their friends or start bringing him around everywhere and they get really annoying, they don't tend to last. And even so, the biggest problem that, like the biggest problem I run into with people in my life, my loved ones, is I care so deeply about them and I have so much belief in them um, and their potential in life, especially my girlfriends, that I tend to get a little controlling and like bossy about their lives. Okay. And it really, I have a very hard time holding back when I think that something that they're doing is not conducive to their prosperity, even if they're happy. I'm very much like, I want my friends to be interesting friendship and career oriented. And I really like, I see so much potential in my friends and the biggest sort of fight we have in my, from my side of things is that I push too hard when I feel like, no, 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 you're doing the wrong thing for yourself. Right. Cause it's the thing we've talked about this before. It's that thing of like having to understand that not everyone wants the same things as you. And like also people, that like, you don't know your friends better than they know themselves. hundred percent. And even I like, I refuse to accept and believe that about my friends that I've had for a decade, but I have to, like, I really need to. Um, so I think that you might have to accept that there is a strong likelihood that because of the nature of this relationship, it's going to come to an end. So I think you need to like trust that, but you might have to accept that like 
you don't like your friend's boyfriend and this is just going to be a thing in your life. You okay, know what so I mean? I have very different advice. Okay. Because they've been together. She said they've been they've been friends for six years and this this friendship's been happening for two years. So it's like they're in it. Like yeah. two years is a long time. My thought is this. I think that there's a couple things that need to happen. One, I think that like what I'm hearing is a lot of like you and your friends hinting like, hey, no boy, like indirect yeah. cues. And I'm also hearing like, I think that you need to be direct. I think you need to have a conversation with your friend. Hey, there's been a m number of instances where we have like explicitly said we want to have like XYZ group to get together and mm -hmm. you have still invited Tom. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And it's like, I think you have to directly tell her that. Like, Well, I from what I can hear, she has. Like, I think that she's been as direct as possible. Well, no, she said, she said, we've said like, let's just do girls this time and she doesn't get the hint. Don't make it a hint. Make it a directive. Talia, yeah. don't invite Tom. You know what I mean? Yes. Or I the understand. next time she does it, hey, Talia, we had said we wanted to do all girls and you invited Tom and this has right. happened a few times. It's kind of frustrating. Right. I to me, it sounded thing. like she'd already done that. But okay. Yes, if okay. she hasn't, if you haven't done that yet, I think that needs to happen. Okay. And two, and this is maybe I this is what my instinct is. I don't know if this is good advice, and I don't know if you'll agree with me. Mm -hmm. I would start being confronted if this guy's gonna be part of the friend group. If he doesn't have his own friends, this is his friend group and he's showing up and she's bringing him around and he's being a dick. He's being pretentious. He's making comments that piss you off. Call him out. Don't be mm -hmm. passive aggressive. Passive aggressiveness sucks and is never, ever, ever effective. And in the long run, will make you the villain of the story. Watch Size Arc on Roni. It's exactly what's happening. <laughs> but like, if you, the next time he says something like, like pretentious, be like, Tom, fuck you. I think be confrontational in real life because either he's going to stop coming around or he's going to change his behavior. But the passive aggressiveness just makes everything uncomfortable and weird. If this guy is, if you have to deal with the fact that this guy is now in your friend group and a part of it, when he says something shitty, have a fight, have a conflict. Like, because conflicts lead to resolution a lot of the time. And yeah. I think that is the better thing. Like, don't, I think that like you're kind of all wishing that he wasn't involved because you care about his girlfriend. But if he is involved, start dealing with him directly. If she wants him to be part of the friend group, he needs to play ball. So like play ball with him. Do you know what I mean? Yes, but I think you can only play ball so much with somebody who you just don't like. And like, sure. I, I think that a lot of her issue is she does what I do often, which is like, I look for a lot of reasons that the guy is truly damaging to my friend's peace. Yeah. And I, at the end of the day, there are some valid ones, but it's more that I just don't like this guy. He's not likable to me. He right. annoys the shit out of me and my friends agree. But if all of us aren't willing to be, to be strong about it, I think that it might be a problem of you, Caller, and I being people who are simpatico, we get each other. I think that you and I have the same problem of like, sometimes the cheese stands alone and you have to like be okay with like, maybe you don't agree with your friend's decisions. And I, I genuinely struggle because I'm a bossy, controlling person. <laughs> and I really, it yeah. is out of love and out of care and wanting to see my friends happy. But I also am a little bit, um, I'm prideful and I have an ego and I think that I know better than people. Totally. And I, you might be right. Like, I still think that a lot of the time when I make judgments about my friends' boyfriends, I am right and I am the only one who's willing to say it out loud and that gets me in trouble. They've all broken up though. I will say right. that. So I have always been right. But it is. it takes sort of a very nice, like it's, it's a very good skill to develop to be able to like just put it away, like just deal totally. with it.
I, it, I, my advice is to cope. My advice is to like talk to your friends about it. And, you know, again, like be direct. Don't drop hints. Be extremely direct. Yeah. My only hard advice that I can give with 100% confidence is do not be passive aggressive. Yeah. It's never good. It's never good. But you might have to accept that like this is your friend's boyfriend. Yeah. And it sucks. You will like, if there is one thing you to learn in life, being passive aggressive will always make you the flop. You yep. will always end up being the flop. It will always be you. Yep. No one has ever risen to the top by being passive aggressive. And if they have risen at all, everyone secretly hates them. The passive aggressive person, there was one day where everyone realized, damn, every time she comes around, her, the vibe changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It's one of the worst behaviors you can I have. hate passive aggression. Okay, let's play the third call. Hi, Tali and Jake. Uh, so I'm a 25-year-old woman who has never had a boyfriend or a girlfriend before. Uh, there have been people I've been interested in, but no one that I've ever wanted to take that far. Mm -hmm. So I recently met a guy. It's been great. We've been going on lots of dates, doing all the classic. Uh, he took me out to dinner. We've gone drinks. We're going to a concert together. It's been about, I would say, about two months of us hanging out. Um, and he has not made any kind of move to ask me about being officially his girlfriend. Um, he's talked about when we first met about wanting, looking for that. I'm just not sure how to go about finding the relationship. If you could give me some advice on that, that would be splendid. Love you guys both. Love the podcast. So real. So fun. All the best. Bye. I'll, I'll do a Jake here. You are the prize. You don't beg people to date you. And I know that this is, you don't feel like you're begging, but by sticking around with somebody who isn't explicitly clear that they are obsessed with you, you're begging. It's not fair. It sucks. It's not your fault. You're a human being, but you have to like heighten your vibration of self-love and self-respect. And that means he is going to say, or, or I don't believe in like, oh, if he doesn't say it, like he doesn't want it. No, some people, maybe he just hasn't said yet, I want to be your, your boyfriend. But you have to say, I want a boyfriend. Do you want to be my boyfriend? And if he says anything other than yes, yeah. then you have to leave. And that sucks, but this next guy is going to be right. You need to learn like how to heighten your self-respect and vibration. And that will be sort of, I do believe in like the, not manifestation, but the law of attraction. Yeah. Yes, like the, the minute you start like truly, really expecting to be loved and be fawned over and you stop like waiting for people and chasing people who aren't sure about you, you do attract more people into your life who are sure about you. Yeah. Your self-love and self-respect becomes visible and it radiates off yeah. of you. So- I like, we're, we're very similar girls. I can tell you, the sooner you learn this lesson, the better. I'm not saying he doesn't want to date you, but you have to say it. Yeah. I think that it's just, I think take a beat to yourself to sit down and think, what am I wanting? Like, yeah. what, what do I want in this definition of a relationship? Like, what are, what are the things that are important to me? And then just go to him. Cause there's a chance that he's be like, oh yeah, I thought we were already doing that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. He might be that way. Like, I think two months is kind of really the sweet spot of like, like that's, it's not crazy to me you haven't defined the relationship yet. Two months is like pretty, that's very early, I think. Yeah, but I think that her, honestly, I hate to go to like the basics of men and women. I think that when you're dating a guy 
who said at the beginning, I'm looking for something serious. And two months in, they're going on all these dates. They're not just hooking up. They're doing the date thing. No, no, I, Two yeah. months in, he would have given you a very clear signal or if not said like, yeah, I think that we're exclusive. Like they want to lock it down. When they like you, they want to lock it down immediately. Yeah, just have the conversation and see where it goes. But I agree with Talia. If he's not into it in that way and you are wanting that, then I think you do have to immediately move on. And I'm sure he likes you a lot because he's keeping you around. But if he tries to pull any of this like, oh, I really want to, like, I, I just don't know. Like, I need more time. I need to focus. No. Yeah, that's no. a no. You need someone who wants to date you, period. 100%. End of story. And after two, two years, I was going to say, after two well, months of dating, they know pretty well. Yeah. And if they really like you, they'll be happy. Even if it feels early for them, they'll be happy to say, yeah, we could be exclusive. Like, yeah. that's that's honestly not hard. It's not a hard ask. And you don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to get angry about it. You just have to say, I want a boyfriend. Are you my boyfriend? Are you going to be my boyfriend really soon? And if they say anything other than, yep, then you have to leave. I also just want to flag something that happened in this call that I've been, I've noticed a lot, which mm -hmm. is the caveat at the beginning of I'm 25, but I've never, and I've never had a relationship. People are, people who have never had a relationship are kind of obsessed with that fact, mm -hmm. I think. And I think they really get in their head about it. And they're like, oh, I've never had a relationship. So that means like, I'm not qualified to know what to do in this situation. Yeah. I'm, it's more likely that this situation is going to continue. Like, I think you need to let that energy go too. It doesn't, having been in relationships before, like, it informs your life, but also having not been in relationships informs your life. I was in a relationship for most of my 20s. I was mm -hmm. in a relationship for six years. And sometimes I feel like that has like stunted me to be in a relationship because I was in the same one for so long. Like mm -hmm. everyone thinks that they're operating from a place of lack in their own way or can think that. Don't make that the, the the second thing you told us about yourself. I'm 25 and I've never had a relationship. Like I understand it's you you think it's pertinent to this call. I don't think it's as big of a deal. And I think carrying that energy of like that pressure you're putting on yourself of I've never had a boyfriend, I've never had a girlfriend, that is similarly like creating this law of attraction thing. Don't so what? You haven't had a partner yet. That's I don't think that's that big of a deal. It's not a big deal whatsoever. I've never had a very serious partner. I'm 25. So Yeah, I think it's fine. There you go. Um, it's called being picky and it's called having very high standards. Congratulations, girl. Congratulations. Okay, this was basic training. Please call 929-269-4960. We love you. We love you. And rate and review like I yelled at you to do at the beginning of this podcast. Amen. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.